Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, welcome to episode 62 of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys are having a fantastic start to your February. Can't believe we're already one month in to the new year. This week's guest is Mr. Mike Kemsky. So Mike is a three-time number one best-selling author, founder of the Bonaboo Movement, which is building a new and better universe, as well as the creator of 26 powerful and life-changing life improvement courses. His focus is not creating miracles for others, but helping others discover that they have the power to create their own miracles in life. He's shared stages with some of the biggest names in the self-improvement industry from Bob Proctor to Marianne Williamson to T.R. Ecker, Kyle Cease, and more. Let me tell you what I love about Mike the most now. So growing up, I had a, a, an amazingly supportive family. Everything, my parents were there for me. They pushed me. They sacrificed a lot to give me and my brother everything I wanted in my life. Mike, on the other hand, uh, was raised in a home of abuse and hostility. He was repeatedly told that he was worthless, that he would amount to nothing. And as you can imagine, if you hear that enough times, you're going to eventually believe it's true. So wouldn't surprise me to hear and for you guys to hear on this episode about Mike's childhood, about how he got into all sorts of trouble as a kid, from drugs to alcohol to violence, lots of anger, low self-esteem. You know, Mike really didn't see a lot for his future, and so he tried killing himself. Obviously, since he's on this episode right now, that attempt didn't work. Uh, so Mike got a second chance in life and grabbed it. And what I love most about Mike is that he's not somebody who came from a lot, and everything he's learned in his life all of the principles, all of these ideas around self-improvement, around mindset, around creating a better life for yourself were things that he discovered on his own. He was in the trenches, literally being there and seeing what worked for him in his life. He was not taught by anybody because he didn't know others actually taught this type of stuff. So when you have somebody who creates his own version of improvement, his own versions of mastery in life by just figuring it out on his own, you start to create a very unique and distinct and authentic way of sharing the messages that we all have heard in different forms and packages from other thought leaders and different people on the show. But Mike's raw authenticity is what pulled me into this week's episode. And I can't wait to share just some of the just some of the things that came out of this. Everything from why a laundry list of your worst experiences becomes your greatest asset, what you have to gain from knowing that the highest energy wins in life how amplifying your pain leads to rapid transformation, and the three stages of success and how to navigate them amongst many, 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 many more. This week's episode was so inspiring for me because I just love, I remember meeting Mike for the first time and it was an honor for me to sit there and just soak in this guy's wisdom from somebody who has been there, done that, rolled up his sleeves and put everything he is teaching to practical use in his own life and bring back strategies that we can all take to create extraordinary in whatever way that means for us. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you haven't already subscribed to us on iTunes, all that means is every single time we get a new episode, it just drops right in your app. 
make sure to join us in the Stay Grounded Facebook community, rajana.com forward slash stay grounded. And let me know what you like and don't like. And I hope you guys really, really, really enjoy this episode as much as I did creating it. So without further ado, here is my friend, Mr. Mike Kemsky. Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. Man, I'm so, so, so excited for today's guest, Mr. Mike Kemsky. How are you, man? I'm great, man. How you doing? I'm amazing. And I'm even more amazing because I'm talking to you. I feel like every time I talk to you, I just get my brain expanded, my heart more full, and life just seems to tick in a whole better tune. Well, it's all about, man. So I'm, I'm just excited to be sharing this time with you, man. So I already sort of introduced you in the intro, and uh, I don't know if I can say any more nice things about you, so I'm just going to dive into the... You can try. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm just going to dive into the deep end with no floaties on and take it from there. So obviously, there's not much about you anywhere online, and you've been through a whole lifetime of experience. I would say multiple lifetimes in my view. And one thing that drew me most into you was one of the first conversation we had, which was around energy and using your body as a vehicle. But that doesn't come from just a an insight. I feel like that was something that was guided from a place that was either self-experienced, but in a, in a way that was not, that's not something you can just write down and, and realize. So when was the first time you realized that your body was just almost like a vehicle for your life's experience and was there a certain moment in time that sort of allowed you to see the light the way it is yeah the first time that i think i really grasped the concept of the simplicity and power of, of our bodies as being an, an energy manipulator or amplifier or whatever that kind of thing it's a funny story actually i was so the the backstory is the backstory but i was actually at a, a job interview at Dairy Queen to make hamburgers. So I was, and I was freaking out. I was like so nervous. I was, so, my, my self-esteem, my self-image was just such shit because of, of how I grew up and, and what I was told my whole life. You're a piece of shit. You're a, you're a screw up. You're F up, whatever. I'm not going to drop F-bombs yet. But, you know, all these things that, that I was told by my dad growing up of what I was, I believed that. And and it led to the the whole dynamic ride of, of where I was at and where I ended up in life. But I was at this job interview and I, this is after I checked myself into rehab at age 16 and uh, got sober and all that stuff. So I was at this job interview at Dairy Queen to make hamburgers, for God's sake. So it's not like I'm making rockets or like doing brain surgery or heart surgery or shit. It's making fucking hamburgers. But I was freaking out because I had such low self-esteem and such a low self-image and no self-worth and all this. No confidence. I mean, like at the bottom of the barrel, everything repeating in my head, you're a piece of shit. You're a loser. I'm not going to hire you. You suck. You're worthless. Blah, 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 all this crap. And this is after I'd been sober for a bit and I was doing some things. And in rehab, I worked out on, on punching bags because I was angry. I was angry and I was like full of rage and full of confusion and full of all this energy I didn't know what to do with. And, and so I worked out on punching bags. That was like kind of my, my outlet. And when I did that, after a while, you know, it, it, would, it would diffuse that energy and it would take all that crazy vortex of overwhelming confusion and all that stuff. And it would just like channel it into beating up this punching bag. It wasn't hurting me or anybody else. It's actually very healthy to, to to like diffuse that energy that way. But as I did that, I didn't realize at the time when I was doing it what happened. But at, at when I was at Dairy Queen, I'm pacing back and forth. I'm pacing back and forth like, oh my god, oh my god, I suck in it. And I I got so pissed off and frustrated because I'm so sick of feeling like shit all the time. 
and I know somewhere there's a way not to. I just don't know how. And, and so I'm, I'm sitting there, and I, I get in this boxer stance. I put my fists up to my hands, and I'm like, oh, oh, and I'm so mad. And I'm like, boom. As soon as I did that, I'm like, why do I feel more confident? What the hell is this about? You know, and, and all the noise stopped in my head. And I was just like, my, you know, my face squished in like the, like I'm fighting a bag again. And I, I got all that look and then my fists are clenched tight and my arms are up and my, my stance changed like in a boxer stance. I'm like, this is crazy, man. Why do I feel better all of a sudden? I feel more powerful, more confident. So I put my hands down and holy shit, here we go. Here comes all the stuff again. I'm like, what is this? This is crazy. And so I did the box stance again. I'm like, this is nuts. And so I did that a couple of times and it kept changing. How I felt, I kept changing how I thought. I kept changing, and I'm like, "What is this sorcery?" And so I ended up getting the job. So I'm now an official hamburger maker, and which is which is crazy. I, I still can't get over how much I was freaking out over like how worthless I was, not even qualified to cook hamburgers. But that was a long time ago. So I go home, and I'm like, "Okay." I go in the bathroom, and I look in the mirror, and I'm like, "What is this shit? Can, can I, is this real? Is this real? And I, and I didn't know there was names and stuff for all this. And it was like actually scientifically backed and studied and all this business. I didn't know any of that. And so I go in the bathroom and I'm like, all right, let's do this. So I look in the mirror and I just like get mad. And I'm really good at being mad. So I get this mad face. I'm like, Ugh. and then within 30 seconds, I'm like, I'm going to kill somebody. I wanted to, I was pissed. I wanted to fight. I'm like, what are you mad about? You're in a bathroom looking in a mirror. This is insane. But I felt it over, overtake my body, the rage and the anger and the, and the intensity. And just like, oh, I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. So I calm that down. I'm like, all right, try happy. I wasn't good at being happy. I didn't, uh, not at all. So, but I look in the mirror and I'm like, <laughs> give this cheese, cheese dick smile. Like, oh my God, you're an <laughs> asshole. I'm looking in this mirror, like, dude, this is the most awkward shit in the world. And I'm still I'm like, just keep doing it. Like the hammer side of me, like, keep doing it. I'm like, <laughs> this is so dumb, man. What are you doing? Eh? And about maybe like 45 seconds into it, I'm like, and I, everything loosened up. My face actually smiled. And I'm like, holy shit. And I started laughing. I'm like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, whoa, I'm happy. I'm happy for no reason. Nothing happened. I'm pissed off and I'm happy within the scope of three minutes for no reason, except for I'm changing like my, my body, my face. That's all I'm doing is using my face. I'm like, holy shit, I'm a wizard. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I figured out like the whole answers to the universe and all this stuff. And it was a big point for me because the simplicity of it and the accessibility of it and the power of it was just also, it was just so, you know, doable. It wasn't like this complex maze and puzzle of I got to do this, move this gear here and do this shit here and learn this language and chant this way and, and sit in silence for 42 minutes. And it wasn't any of that. Just like make a face, focus on it, feel that. And then everything starts to change to do, to, to accommodate that. Same thing with the, you know, so I started doing more and more to like get my body all bigger and all this stuff, standing up tall and proud. And, and, right. and it just changed the way that I felt like almost instantaneous, you know, the changes. And I just kept building on that and that. But so then from that point on, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, if I feel a certain way and I don't want to, I just make like a stupid googly eye face and I start laughing at myself and it's just like instant. And I don't take things so serious because I have this, this body. We all have a, and that's, that's the cool thing. We all have a body, which is very familiar to us. We can poke it and touch it and see it and feel it and rub it and play with it and all this stuff. And it's real. It's a real thing where thoughts and feelings they're, they're real things, but they're so intangible. It's hard to know. Like, you know, like if you want to quit smoking cigarettes, you can push the cigarettes aside and you can throw them away and you can symbolically destroy them and whatever. But if you want to stop thinking a certain way or start thinking a certain way or add it to your life or feel a certain way, what the hell is the tangible reality of that? It's just not there. So our bodies are there. And so I started to use that and kind of use that as the base foundation of principle one of what I teach is highest energy wins. And physical energy is a very big component of that. So that's a, a long, long story about how and when it first like kind of got real to me. 
And it went way, way, way deeper than that in, in the mentality and the emotional stuff. And I kept exploring with the stuff and get hyper self-aware and, and, and in the transformation process of my life. But it's a funny story because it was, it was making hamburgers. That's what triggered all this stuff. How so, old were you when you became like, you were aware of this? I imagine you were making burgers. Were you pretty young? I was 17, 17 at the time, maybe. Yeah, about 17. 17. Yeah. And I mean, you've had a pretty crazy childhood, for lack of a better word. How did this experience sort of play into some of your rock bottom experiences when you were a kid? Well, it led me to understanding the next principle. And I, like I said, as I, I went, I learned this stuff in the trenches of life. I learned it through living and doing and being my own lab rat and my own experiment and all that science project and all that. And I didn't know there was people that taught this stuff. I didn't know that they had names. I didn't know any of that stuff. And I didn't read and, or any of that. So I just kind of like figured it out in the trenches of life which is awesome because it gives it validity because all these principles are just how we work as human beings. And, it's, and it had to be very simple because of where I was at mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially. If it wasn't simple, there's no way I would have done it. Yeah. So, so how that led to like what it did, because my life growing up, there was a lot of abuse for lack of better terms. It was a very hostile environment. It was, there was mental abuse, emotional neglect, emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse there was a lot of abuse and, and not a lot of love in my life and zero support. I mean, it was pretty much void of all the things that human beings need to thrive. Yeah. And so, you know, as I started to like understand this principle of, of energy of highest energy wins, and, you know, cause, and that's thoughts and it, it's, it's more than just the body, of course. But what happened was I started to realize like I can change how I feel, but I automatically go back to that shitty feeling I automatically go back to like what I'm programmed and trained to be and feel. So I would be able to change it like with my eyes and my power and my body and whatever. And it would last for a certain amount of time, but not for very long. It wasn't sustainable unless I would constantly like punching at bags or doing whatever. And, and that's exhausting. And you can't do that. I mean, nobody can do that all day long. It's impossible. You can do it in sessions, whatever, but it just wasn't, it wasn't enough. I knew there was, a, there was something I was missing. And so I started to realize, wait a minute, if I can go from happy to mad, to mad, to happy, and I can feel this fear and the shit overtaking me to, to go make hamburgers and then change to confidence, that tells me right there that there's this, you know, and, and now I talk about duality and contrast and all these fancy names and labels and stuff. But back then it was like, that tells me if there's this thing, there's got to be the other side of that to everything. Yep. And so I started to think like, whoa, holy shit. And I got excited. And I'm like, I have a laundry list of shitty things in my life, <laughs> a laundry list of all this terrible shit that I was told that I believe that would happen to experiences. And I'm like, wow. So I literally just went, okay, let's dive into that. Everything that sucks about your life, everything that sucks about everything, let's just dive into the suck fest, which is so taboo and like the personal development stuff. Like, don't do that. No, shun that because you're going to attract it all into your life. Get out of here. That, that's, that's, that's crazy. Because there, it, it, if you stop there, you will. Yes. But yes. So I put this list of all this stuff. And I had, so one side of the page was like everything that sucked and it was a pretty big list and it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm like, all right, so I feel worthless. And then I have the line, what's the heads to the tails of the opposite side of the coin of worthless, important, significant. I just started like messing around with stuff. Cause I didn't know I wasn't, I wasn't good at like labeling and defining like the, the good side of life. I had no, no practice or experience doing it. And so I'm like, what's the opposite of worthless, meaningful or something. I started writing stuff out. I'm like, okay, well, if there's that, then there's got to be this. And so I made this laundry list of like all the things that were possible because of the contrast I had with all the shit. And that, that became the principle of duality and duality creating contrast, which makes every single aspect of my life 
shitty to not shitty, however you want to label it, good or bad, that, that, that simplistic labeling system, it's all useful. It all has energy. It all has power. It all has purpose. It all has function. So no matter what shit's thrown at me now, I'm like, all right, whatever. Let's figure out how to make it something that's useful in my life. And, and so all the stuff from my past became my biggest asset, not my biggest enemy. And that really empowered me to keep moving forward and all this stuff. So that's, that's how it all kind of worked into this. Yeah, I love that. And I want to dive into that concept. And I want to ask you a specific question because you're telling yourself, you don't have self-esteem, right? Like you were, you were pretty low in just like wanting to get more out of life or thinking you could even have more out of life. Why do you think you even wanted to start exploring these concepts of duality from that space? Like, I guess I just want to dive in. I want to understand your perspective because there's, I think there's something really powerful there. When you're at rock bottom, what really makes you want to change? Well, there's a couple things for me and the caveat before, because I'm going to talk about the gun thing that you know about, but the caveat before this, I don't recommend this to anybody, but what made me like really go on a new path. But the first thing was as a very young child, a, a little boy, I was very loving, very compassionate, very, very, very connected to nature. I'd go out and play with bugs. I'd make little houses. I'd make them little dinners on, on rocks, a little piece of dirt and shit. I was really connected to nature and very, very loving, compassionate. That got squandered and squished and put out pretty quickly in my life because of the environment I lived in. But it was still there. It was still, you know, I built a big Fort Knox-like cage around my heart and around, and around that love and around that compassion, around that energy. But, you know, it was still there. And I've, I've talked to you and, and, you know, I don't know how many thousands or tens of thousands of people throughout the time I've been doing this kind of work. And almost everybody does that. They, you know, they, they, everybody has this magical frequency, this magical deep energy that they are, that it's, it's their kind of like their own, like their bat signal, you know, their, yeah. their life. It's specific to them and it's unique to them, which makes them invaluable to, to humanity. Every single person's that way. But we build these fucking just cages and, and shelters and brick walls and, and lead walls and all this stuff around this to protect it because, you know, somewhere along the way we get hurt or something happens and, and, and there's just not the right kind of mentality or support there to help transmute that and alchemize that energy into something serving to you. So we don't know what to do with it, especially as kids, especially as kids in, in environments like that that are hostile. Yeah. You don't know what to do with it. So you just like, you just turn dark and you turn like, the only way you can to protect yourself. And, and so I did that, but it was always there though, man. I mean, I mean, I was like, there's more to life. There's more to this. I mean, I lived a lot of years in the darkness and in the hate and the rage and all that. And, and so I'm not afraid of the dark. I grew up in the dark forest of death. The one that the trees are going to eat you and all this. And people are like, Oh my God, it's scary. I'm like, cooking a dick tree. Like I, I, I don't, I'm not afraid of it because I grew up there. But the, the whole point is like, you know, the, it's always in there, man. Even if it's just a little ember, just it's a flickering ember of, of light or even just like an echo of some heat from that old light that's been there. It never dies until you expire. It's always in there. And, and I felt it. I just didn't know how to get to it again. I was like, where, what the hell is this? So, so my, my, my process and, and the, the drugs and the alcohol and the, and the violence and all the stuff I did to try to escape pain that worked for, for a while, stopped working. And then I just had all this pain and then all this other additional pain because of all that. And it just stacked on itself. And, and, and the pain got so big that there, there was no way for me that I knew of to get out of it. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't get that light again. So I'm not going to go into the whole backstory, but it ended up where I was sitting on a bed with a loaded gun in my mouth. And my only option, I, I literally thought this, like, if this is life, 
why the hell would anyone choose this? Why should we have to live for 50 years or 50 more days or 50 more seconds in constant struggle and agony and pain and hurt? This is stupid. Like, what the fuck's the point to this? Yeah. This is dumb. I don't want, I don't want this. And I'm thinking through everything. And I'm looking to my future and I don't see one. I'm looking to my future and, and I, I see nothing but like literal, like empty void, death and darkness. And it's terrible. And I'm like, I don't want that. Who the hell would want that? Why would I want to live in, into that? Why would I want to continue to go into that? It's terrible. And I'm crying my face off and I got snot coming out my nose and I got a gun in my mouth with the hammer pulled back and a finger on the trigger and my eyes, I'm, I'm sweating profusely. And I'm looking at this door, like someone, please come in here. Someone, please, please, please come in here. And just anyone come in and tell me it'll be okay. That's all I want is someone come in and say, dude, it's going to be okay. And no one did. And no one would at that point in time in my life. And so I'm sitting there on this bed with this gun in my mouth, just thinking through all this stuff, emotionally just overwhelmed and confused because I know that's in there. I know it's in there. I can feel like part of it, but God damn it. I can't get it. I can't get to it. And it's so frustrating. And it's so like, why, why? And I feel like a victim and I'm going through all this stuff. Your dad's right. You're a piece of shit. You're a loser. Someone's going to come in here and clean up your brains up the back of this wall. You fuck up. But that's what, that's what's going through my head with a gun in my fucking mouth. And I'm like, it, it's insane, man. And so all this stuff's happening. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to do, I don't know if I have the balls to do this. I don't know if I'm going to do this. So I'm squeezing the trigger. My eyes are closed real tight. And I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm thinking of my future. There's not one. There's, there's no family. There's no success. There's no happiness. Blah, 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 blah. I just fucking boom. And I pull the trigger. And the hammer drops. And I open my eyes. I pull the gun out of my mouth. I look at it. And I'm like, fuck, maybe I'm dead. I don't know what being dead's like. And I fill my head. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell just happened. What the fuck just happened? And I look at the gun and the primer on the bull is defective and didn't fire. So I throw the gun and I scurry away from it as fast as I could on this bed. And then it's kind of, this is like, to me, it's funny. And I hit my head on the wall because I was going so fast. Now my head actually hurts. <laughs> so now I'm kind of like, okay, that was funny for like a microsecond. But I am like trembling out of control. Like what the fuck just happened? What just happened? What just happened? What just happened? I'm freaking out. And I can't, I mean, I'm like, my, my jaw's chattering. I get like, I shake when I tell the story because it's just so, so powerful. And, and I'm like sitting on this bed shaking with death, trembling. And, and I'm like, what do I do? What, do I, I'm, what the hell? And I'm freaking out. I don't know what the hell just happened. I know that I should be dead, but I'm not. And so I get off this bed and I stand up and I get my bearings. I barely could stand up, man. My legs were shaking so bad. And I went out into the wild, out into the air, out of the house, into the world. And I just walked and I walked and I walked and I walked. I don't know how 20, 30, 40 miles, 10 miles. I don't know how long it was. I walked. And to try to just disarm and diffuse this energy because it was just so overwhelming. My brain couldn't even get a thought going on, right? I mean, I, I was, it was just like, this is like overload, big time. The sun was going down and getting dark out. And I, I walked up to this shitty place I lived and there was this old billboard with this uh, light shining up on it. And they used to be like these old spotlights. And it, it was just, it was just shitty, not taken care of. So it was all crusted over with all this garbage and gook or whatever. And the light, they made the light orange for whatever reason. I don't know why. But that orange light, I looked at that orange light and calmed me down enough to just like go, take a breath. And I took a step to the side. I looked over and said, you just killed the guy that pulled that trigger and gave birth to this man. Who is he? I don't know. I'm the same fucking idiot I was five seconds ago. I had no, no epiphanies happened. Nothing. I didn't get any like tools or downloads or like I got the answers to life. I was the same guy I was five seconds ago. I just made a decision because I said to myself, like, you're going to go out into this world. And you're going to figure out how to change this and figure out how to change this and figure out how to change your life. I looked around and said, Mike, I talked to myself. I said, Mike, 
Everything you want in life is out there. There's people that have happy lives, people that have happy marriages, people that have families. And that's always been my highest value. Still today is my highest value. My family, both biological and chosen. Family is most important to me always, always has been. Uh, I didn't have that growing up. So now I have an amazing, amazing family, both extended. And I mean, my family is awesome. But I'm looking out in the world and I'm like, people have families, people have money, people have nice stuff. People are happy. People have like good lives and, and they're, they're confident and they feel good and they, and they laugh. And they, they don't live in this space of just total disempowerment all the time. People live from their power to some degree somehow. And your mission now in life is to figure out how. How do you do that? And I didn't know. I didn't have a clue of how to do it. But that set me on my course to find out how. And so I literally jumped. I rolled up my sleeves, jumped in the trenches of life. And I started just exploring every possible thing, like every word that I would think, I would dissect it. It was exhausting, man. It wasn't a fun process. It was exhausting, and, and it was like it was uh, like almost treacherous sometimes. Like, fuck. but I had to because I I was on borrowed time, man. I'm like, I, 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 I'm either gonna die trying to figure this out, or I'm gonna figure it out. But I'm I'm should be dead anyway. So I, I kept doing this and I kept figuring out, you know, every word I would think I would dissect it. What does that mean to me? Why does it mean that way? Where that, what else can it mean? And, and every feeling in my body, I get a tingle in my arm. Like, what the hell is that? I think about this and my heart would light up. What does that mean? What does that light up feeling? What is, and I just go through and be, I became super hyper self-aware, incredibly self-aware of every little nuance of my, I call it spacesuit, my body, my mind, my feelings. And everything around me, and I started to reconnect with nature, and I started to feel that again. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. And 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 over time, the what happened is I developed and developed. I, I discerned these principles that were governed by anyway. I didn't I didn't invent them. It's like nature's law. It's like nature's stuff. I just made them simple and made them accessible and made them applicable, so I could use them in my life. And I started to do this, and I literally like transformed everything. And like now, you know, now I look back on it like I don't know, probably. 15 years into it. And I'm like, how the fuck this happened, man? Everything's like awesome. And, and it was, it was amazing. But that process of, of doing that, you know, it took me years. I didn't know that there was people like me and people like you and people in this world that could like, you know, help figure this stuff out. Yeah. I don't know. When I found out later, I'm like, motherfucker, look at this shit. This is like, <laughs> I'm like, look at scientists and stuff like talk about this shit. I'm not crazy. <laughs> it was really cool. I just give validity to the, to the principles because it's not something that I learned. It's something that I did. And, and so, and, and, then, and it worked. And it's worked for me and thousands and thousands of other people because it's, it can't not work. It's not possible. Because it's not my, my magic and that stuff. It's, it's literally like the, the laws of nature, how we work as human beings. And it's very simple. So it's not always easy, but it's very simple. You know? And sure, there's, I'm going to make one more point about this because yeah. I don't like that whole like, nah, it's fucking beams of heaven. And I, there's still shitty times in life. Life, life throws right. shit at you. Life flings shit all over the place. It's just a matter of when you become aware of what you are, not who you are, who you are can be anybody, but what you actually are and what power you have and the creator power that you have to create your life and what you're doing it anyway. But when you come, become aware of that and start doing it with intention in areas that you want in life, that shit's still flying around, but only like 1% of it ever hits you. And like, oh, cool, manure for fertilizer. And you use it to make your life even better. So it's not like it's just this magical, nothing ever goes wrong type of thing. That's not, that's not reality. That's not real life. Things need to go wrong. It's like that's what gives us engagement and to, to solve puzzles and to keep staying engaged with life. Those things that are wrong. It gives you the, uh, the duality. Yes, the duality. Exactly. That's all it is. It's the duality. And one, I want to thank you for sharing that because that was – I have a lot. God, I have so many damn questions. And I want to touch on the principles later. But what I do want to ask is, 
So you had to go through having a gun in your mouth, misfiring or the gun not working in order for you to have your moment or your experience, which empowered you to own your life. And you didn't think you could have owned it before. So for people who don't want to go to that extreme of putting a gun in their mouth and misfiring to experience rapid change or a rapid, almost like instantaneous shift in mindset, how do they go about creating that shift for themselves? So first off, please don't do that, anybody. Please do not do that. As yeah. I said, caveat, yes. I do not recommend. That is not the way. <laughs> I am a lucky, lucky, very fortunate person. That is not the way. Trust me. That's a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so aside from that, um, people that are going to be listening to this, people that are engaged in this kind of stuff, they're not in the same place I was. They have resources. They have support. They have ideas. See, that's the thing about about this kind of work, these podcasts and, and books and things like that, they're fantastic. They're a great resource for people, but they're not there to, in my opinion, in my experience, they're not there to provide answers. They're there to provide questions. They're there to make you introspectively look at yourself so you can, you can ask questions about you, about what matters to you, about why you feel this way, about why you don't want to feel that way. And, and these things are supposed to create questions that engage you in an introspective journey, not a journey seeking answers to outwardly stuff, but through seeking answers inside by creating them yourself. And I think that people that want to change their life and transform their life that are listening to this, they're already on that process. I don't think they'll ever be to that place that I was at because I didn't have anything. man. I was like literally utterly alone. But the, the way to do it, and this is going to sound counterintuitive, but the other thing is literally to amplify the pain. If there's not enough pain in your life, there's no reason to change it. It really isn't. And, and that doesn't mean like be a martyr and go like create all this struggle and suffering and that kind of bullshit. No, don't do that. That's stupid. That's a waste of a human life. But if you look at your life and go, man, I really want X amount of dollars, but you don't have it. It's because you really don't want it enough or there's not enough pain pushing you. So there's two things that happen. The pain will push you, the pleasure will pull you, whatever that whole duality thing is. But if you like, like people tend to grab onto things that other people say that are in the spotlight that are that have a position of authority and leadership like you need to be making a million dollars a year and crushing it and killing it and your shit should look like this and your life should be this you should have a ferrari you should have a cottage in the woods you should have there's so much input and and, and noise yeah fuck all that what do you want that's all that matters because if you're if you're going through life and you're in a position where you feel this pain and this disconnect and misalignment with life and there's energy mismatches everywhere it's simply because you're not giving yourself that gift of just accepting and owning what you want. And for money, that's a certain number. Not everybody needs to make $10 million a year. Some people need to because they need to feel significant. Some people need to make a hundred grand a year. Some people need to make 50 grand a year. That number is your number. It, it, it's not right or wrong. It's, it's, it's right for you right now in your life. That's, that's what it's about. That might change. It might be dynamic. So for relationships, some people like it has to be like we have to ride together on golden unicorn pegasuses over three fields <laughs> maybe for some people and i've been married for 21 years happily people still call us newlyweds like oh look at the newlyweds i'm like i've been with this battle after 21 years I'm not newlyweds and, and so it, you know but, but we're very affectionate we're very loving people like oh my god hashtag relationship goals and all this we still hold hands and we still like have our arms around each other everywhere we go. We always want to spend time together. We love each other. We're best friends. 21 years of marriage. After 21 years of marriage, it's still that way. It's magical because I know what I want and I expect from my relationship. That doesn't mean that yours should look like this. So the point about it is 
if, if, if you're at a point where you want to change, great transformation in your life, why? Why do you want that change? Why do you want that transformation? Is it because Johnny Authority figure said you should have this or, or Becky Guru said that this is how it's supposed to be? Or is it because you feel it in your heart? If you feel it in your heart, that's the thing to follow always. Not what everybody else says you should and shouldn't want. That's ridiculous, man. You'll live your life forever being confused as fuck because it's not what you want. On that note, though, before I lost that thought, how does one get better at actually knowing what their heart wants? It's just such a simple thing, but it's so difficult for people. And it goes back to that cage, man, being around your heart because it it, it takes a bit of vulnerability. Like I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm working with this person right now, but there's a person in my life who is doing that right now. And she keeps telling me things like, I'm just waiting for the day that you're going to realize I'm a fraud and walk away. And I'm like, why would I, why I, I, I see you and I don't see you as a fraud, but she sees herself as a fraud. So, so her, her self image is dictating all that thing about what level of vulnerability she'd be able to have in her heart because it, because she's afraid. People are afraid. It's scary, man. It is. It's scary. Like it's this whole thing of like, I don't know what it is in this personal development world. It's like, it's got to always be positive and happy. Fuck that. Sometimes it's dark and scary. The only reason, see, here, here's, here's what it is. The only reason people retreat into darkness is because their own light in their heart, in their minds, in their energy is dimming. And it's dimming so much that they can't see it anymore in this bright world around bright people, around all this, you know, supernova like lights and, and power everywhere. And they, they can't see themselves anymore because their own light's dimming because they're not following what they want. So it's this, this perpetual cycle of, of this way, and we'll go the other way in a minute. And so they retreat into this darkness, into this cave, and they get into a little bit, little bit less outside light and a little bit more darkness in this cave. Like, oh, there I am, there I am. And they feel better for a minute because it's like, oh, I can see myself again. And then they go, cool, that's good enough, and that's good enough. And then the lights continue to dim because it's not being fed. We'll go back to this in a minute, but it's not being fed any, any energy. It's not highest energy wind. It's, it's the opposite being fed. And so they retreat further and further and further into this cave of darkness just so they can see themselves, just so they, don't, just so they feel a sense of life, so they don't feel hopeless and helpless and spitting everywhere, helpless and helpless and dying inside. You know, that, that's why people retreat into the darkness, not because of any other reason. And, and so when they get so far deep into this cave, where it's like literally utter darkness, then they go, what the fuck? And then it's scary, man, because there's, you can't see, you don't know where the walls are at, you don't know if there's creatures in there, there's dragons, there's snakes, there's spiders, there's, there's angry dwarves and shit, who knows what's in that game? <laughs> but also, you know, cause, and, and, and your mind will make all those things, right? Yeah. But you can't see anything because there's no light. So when people get to that point, that's almost where I was at. You, literally, the only thing that you focus on is one pixel of light that's all you need one pixel not a fucking explosion of, of grand finale fireworks show because you can't have that at that point you can only muster up one pixel it might be a dog that you love it might be a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, or a baby or a baby's laughter or a rose or a flower or a turtle or whatever the hell it is something very very simple that you think of and you go oh man that's 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 nice and that feels good and then that's it. That's a pixel. And you focus on that and then it'll expand again. And it keeps continues to expand because highest energy wins. What you give your focus, your attention to, it will continue to grow and expand because you're feeding that thing attention. It's not out there. It's in here. You're giving your attention back into yourself and inside of you, it starts to expand and expand and expand and expand until soon, very rapidly. I've never seen it take more than 90 days to completely transform any area of your life. You're radiating this light out and you walk out of the cave and you're like, and you're blinding other motherfuckers because you're just like a supernova. That's the thing it is. It's just you've got to become aware of what you're actually giving your energy to. 
mentally, emotionally, and physically. Because highest energy wins. What creates your life? Men your, your, your mind creates your life through mental constructs, images, ideas. It builds a framework of what you think that you want, what you think that you have, what you think is possible, whatever it might be. It builds this framework. And when it has enough mass or substance, your heart goes, yes, that's the thing. And it works both ways. It's not just about good, happy, yay. It's, you can destroy your life this way too. It's exactly how it happens. But when your heart engages like, yeah, that's cool. Then it powers up that thing and starts to give that framework depth and dimension and color and, and vibrancy and all this stuff. And then your body just goes out and creates it and builds it just by default. Like everybody's been there. They've been inspired and before they know it, they're like, they're like elbow deep in flour and goo and shit trying to cook this new meal that they did. They, they got inspired to cook. They don't know what the hell they're doing, but they're doing it anyway. Cause it's just like, wow, I really want to make this thing. That's that process in a very simplistic fashion happening. And so when you shift your energy to focus on the things that you want, things you desire, which we're back to that question. How do you know that? Ready to have your mind blown? How do you know that? It feels good. <laughs> that's it. It feels good. It feels it feels something that's desirable to you. But sometimes that's scary. Very scary sometimes. Especially if you don't know what that feels like. If you've never experienced that before and all of a sudden you feel something that might tell you to turn your life around or it might tell you to kill an old version of yourself in order to be born new or end a relationship that you've been in for seven or eight years. I mean, those types of decisions are hard. How do you begin to trust the energy and the light to know that, you know what, this might be better in the long run, like, and, and sort of look past the short-term pain or suffering or, yeah, pain, I guess, pain and suffering and emotional trauma that happens when you start to make those decisions and changes? Yeah, man. And I'm glad you said that because it is scary. And it's okay that it's scary. It's perfectly okay that it's scary. Of course, it's fucking scary. Like when you, you you walk into like a dragon pit with a with a loincloth and a toothpick, you're like son of a bitch, what's gonna happen? <laughs> you're like I'm not equipped for this, man. You know, that's what it feels like a lot of times because you, people don't realize the resilience they have and how strong and tough and powerful they actually are. But you do, and here's how you do that. It's the most unsexy answer in the world by practice, by by doing it once a little bit. The pixel, the one you start very small. You start very small and you do it. Like I trust this energy. Like oh man, I I feel like I don't know, having a piece of chicken, I don't know, a piece of broccoli, something healthy for me, whatever. And you go, okay, I'm going to listen to that. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds like this is the most like, what the fuck? What is this stuff? This is wisdom. It is wisdom, actually. It's very, very, very deep wisdom. It's just so simple. People like have a hard time wrapping their head around it. And you go, yeah, a piece of broccoli. Okay, I'm just going to go with that. And you go with it and you eat the broccoli. Nothing major happens in your life except for you strengthen that link between the you're feeling good and making an actual decision, taking action to support that feeling. You strengthen that link. You strengthen that link and you continue to do that over and over and over again. Just like lifting weights. You don't go to the gym and grab 300 pounds and start bench pressing that shit. The heaviest thing that you've lifted in the last 10 years is a fork full of cheesy burrito. You don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. You're not ready for that. Like people say, oh, I want to be on the top of the mountain. Okay, climb it. I'm like, no, I want to be mm. dropped off by a helicopter. No, you don't because you'll die. Like, what? Yeah. You'll die because it's that climb up that mountain, that gradual climb up that mountain that strengthens your muscles, it strengthens your bones, it acclimates you to the to the to the climate, yeah. to the altitude. So when you get to the top of the mountain, you know what berries aren't poisonous. You can breathe the thin air. Your muscles are strong enough to handle this stuff. You can actually thrive up there. If you get dropped off at the top, you're gonna die. So it's a process. It's about it's one of the principles, progress. And and it's just about 
strengthening that thing over and over and over again, just like just like at the gym. You go, like you, you go there, you let your ego go, and you put your pride away, you grab that little pink three-pound weight, and you're like, I'm lipless, I'm the bitch, so I'm strong. And put it in the three-pound weight, becomes too light, and you toss it, and you grab the blue five-pound weight, and keep going. And you, and you just progress up to the point where you're like, holy shit, I'm like a thousand pounds, I'm a badass. The thing that I think that people have this misconception about is just like, they see people that have this power, and they're like, whoa, you know, you're just, they're new, to, to that person's like, whoa, you're just like automatically like this. No, like, especially for me, like it's been 30 years of my life that I've been practicing doing this. I've gone through some shit that I hope nobody in their life ever has to go through in order to become this. It's not this thing where they think like, oh, if I do one sit up, I'm gonna have a six pack, six pack app. No, you're not going to. You've got to learn to appreciate the journey as cliche as it sounds, because there's one more little metaphor I always use, like the, the pot of gold. People like want that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Like, oh, it's a pot of gold. Pot of gold's empty. It's just a fake. It's a fraud. Like, what? People freak out. No, it is. But it's necessary. It's a lure. You're like, oh, pot of gold. Holy shit. And it gets your attention and it gets you motivated. It gets you driven. That result, that desire, or whatever it is, it gets you driven to where you go, okay, well, I got to go through the forest of death and the rocky mountains of this and the rivers of this and the quicksand. And you map out a way to this pot of gold. And you get off your ass and you go towards it because you want it. Yeah. But as you're going towards this pot, you're like, oh, look, a nugget. Oh, look at that, a coin. Oh, look at this, a coin. And that shows up in the form of relationships that you meet, people that you meet. It shows up in the form of insights that you have and distinctions that you have and wisdom that you gain and, and, and challenges you overcome. And all these things show up as, as on this journey. And pretty soon, by the time you get to this pot of gold, you're like, shirts like buckled full of gold. You're like, gold in your freaking cheeks like chipmunks and it's in your pocket. <laughs> you're like, you get to the pot of gold. You're like, fuck, it's empty. Like, yeah, dude, dump all your gold in there. That's what that's for. And then you uh, dump all your gold in that pot. That's what the pot's for. It's, uh, it's dude, the dirt. That's amazing. I love that analogy. I'm totally going to kind of steal that in my own life. It's, awesome. it's, I love the idea that the, the pot is empty and you're picking up the, the gold along the way, but you don't have to know that the pot is empty. I just, I just love that. I do want to ask something. So when people decide to start the journey towards their pot of gold, a lot of times it's coming from a place of extreme change. Like they want to change their lives or they're coming from a place where they're just, they've had enough. But in that early stage, you're pretty vulnerable and you're pretty susceptible. If something happens or if an experience or a, a loved one or someone in your circle or your, or your periphery or anywhere now says something that triggers you or makes you doubt, it's easy to fall off the track. So. When you're starting the journey, how do you start to protect yourself in a practical way without actually being scared of throwing yourself into the arena? Because I think you need to throw yourself into the arena in order to grow. But then again, like you said, if you, if you kind of get started off too high, you might actually fall and, and go right back down to the bottom of the mountain. Yeah, yeah. That's a great question. And it, it, again, a very simple answer. I'm a simple guy. So there's three phases to transformation or success that I've, that I've seen. And again, I don't talk about anything that I don't have experience with. Like if someone asked me how to be a good soccer player, but I'm fucking no, I'm not qualified to tell you that. I have no idea. So if I say something, it's because I have a direct experience with it with myself and other people. If I haven't, if it's just my own guinea pig thing and no one else has, hasn't worked for anybody else or doesn't apply to anybody else, I'm not going to talk about it because to me, that's irresponsible. But so I'll tell you what, from my experience, what I've seen. There are three phases to success. There's the initial phase one, 
that's where, and I, and I, I use the marathon analogy for this. Like, okay, there are people like, I'm going to run a marathon. This is badass. I got my thing on and my number and my 4k patch and whatever. I don't know about marathons. I've never run one, but, and there, there's, you go, you go to the thing and there's this massive like party. It's like, there's massage people and there's Gatorade sponsors and there's all this stuff and there's ambulances and there's medics and there's water and there's all this support everywhere. It's all this, this massive buzz of like, wow, excitement. This is awesome. It's phase one. I'm going to do something. That might look like a new relationship, maybe a new business, yeah. maybe uh, some weight loss thing, whatever it is. It's phase one. You're going you're gonna to do this. You're, I'm going to go kick ass with this. So you get to the, the starting one. You're like, all right, let's do this shit. You stretch out. You're ready. And they go, three, two, one, boom, the gunfires. You're like, yeah. And you're booking ass. Like, I'm going to win this thing. <laughs> you're all kind of motivated. Like, woo, go me. And you're kicking ass. Blah, blah, blah. And then like five miles into this, you're like, okay. And then seven miles into it, you're like, what the fuck am I doing? And then 10 miles into it, you're like, what kind of dumbass shit decision was this? <laughs> <laughs> and you know and, and you're, you're in this like curving place of mountainous woods and there's you don't know there's bears and there's shit and your legs are burning and you're thirsty you got blitzes on your feet you don't know what the hell's in front of you and you're like Son of a bit. and you, all the self-doubt starts coming in like what am i doing what happened oh my god and this is phase two when you're like shit i'm gonna die like if I take one more step, my legs are literally gonna explode like a like a like a like a supernova sun in some glorious fashion. My my feet are gonna catch on fire. I can't do it. I'm gonna die. And all this starts happening. I'm too weak. I'm tired. I'm whatever. And then the worst thing ever, these people that you're talking about come up, they pull up in like a stretch hammer limb, like, what's up, bro? We got pizza and beer, man, air conditioning. We got water, we got feet massages in here. Come on. And you're like, but I wanna do this race. They're like, come on in, man, let's go. And you're like, Fuck. and they take you and you go and it's over. You, you that this phase phase two is the success killing phase in this phase what is the most critical thing to have is support a support system uh whatever it is a coach a mentor a community a facebook group something something that supports you in this process where you can where other people are with you going no dude keep running because i promise you there is a finish line people that have done it before they're like encouraging you like come on you got this i see your strength i see your power i know you can do this I know that you won't, don't want to quit on yourself. And I know you're not going to quit on yourself. I'm not going to quit on you. Blah, blah, blah. All that support. That support is what's critical in phase two. If you don't have that, I didn't have it a lot of my journey. And I have no fucking idea how I made it through that. No clue. Because now I'd be like, eh, I'm done. Because here's your choices at phase two. You go back there. They have Gatorade. They have food. They have snack bars. They got massage people. They got Band-Aids. They got water. That's a nice place to be. I know what's back there because that's where you came from, right? Up there, I don't even know if these bastards put a finish line here. They might be just be pranking me and punking my ass. I don't know. I don't feel like it's ever going to end because you feel like all this pain. So you don't know what's ahead of you, right? Until you're like, I'm literally going to die. And people are supporting and helping. No, you got it. And then you turn one more corner in this marathon. And there it is. And all of its glory. This big, bright yellow finish line. You're like, holy shit. And then you go from, I'm going to die. One second ago, it's like, <laughs> and you're hauling ass. And you're like, what the fuck happened? You're gonna, you're, you're ready to explode two seconds ago. Now you're running out of sprint because people don't realize how much resilience and power they actually have because mentally they're not as tough as their body is a lot of times. Mentally, they're not as tough as their uh, emotions are a lot of times. Emotionally, they're not as tough as mentally. So these three things aren't really aligned in full power. So they don't realize how much reserves they have until they go, oh my God, there's hope. Oh my God, there's an actual, there it is. There it is. They can see it. Then all of a sudden, it's like, it all aligns. You're like, you become this badass again. You go through and you, and you cross the finish line and boom, you did it. You, made, you, you created a result. Phase three of success, you actually created the result. You got to the end. Now, it's the same thing. It's, all these principles are always the same. 
how do you access on demand? First, you have to do it once. So you know that experience. Because here's a lot of the problem with this stuff, with personal development and whatever. People read like an inspiring quote and they're like, wow, this is awesome. And they write something and they, they don't have any context around it. And it's like, you, listen, you can't do that. Like there is no try. There's only do and do not. Yoda says that shit. Okay, what about the guy that says, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again? Which one's right? And, and so my, my point is, you have to create that context in your life, your way. So you go, no, they're both right. In different situations, they both apply. But it, it's in doing this once, twice, three times, 25 times, 562,000 times that you're able to access on demand because you can recall it. You can go, yeah, oh, yeah, last time. Oh, yeah, 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 that happened. Oh, yeah, 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 I got it. I got it. I know. I trust the process now because I've done it 152 times. At first, this is where it just sometimes takes grit, man. Sometimes yeah. you just got to like have some support and have some grit and just be like, fuck it, I'm jumping. If I die, I die. And and you just jump and you go into the thing and you're not going to die, by the way. That's that's ridiculous. But you jump and you go into the thing and you go, okay, I'm going to do this. And you do it and you get done. You're like, wow, I did it. And you have that now. That's in your toolbox. And so every time you go to do that that marathon, at least to that caliber, you're like, I got this. I know the finish line. You'll never feel that way again in phase two. You'll never. You'll be tired. And you're like, oh man, my legs. But I know it's around the corner, so you can keep going. You'll never feel that that way again in that certain scenario. You can always do it again and again. And guess what else you can do? You can go, yo, new person to phase two. Guess what? There's the finish line. I promise you. And you can help them yeah. get, be their support system. And what's really cool is that once you experience phase three once in one area of your life, I feel like it translates into every other area of your life. And then that turns into the new phase one for the next thing you want to do. Got it. Now, you know, there's a finish line, but it gets harder and harder because that finish line is further and further away, which requires more reserves, more resources and more investment in self to actually create a vehicle that can take you to the place you need to be. Exactly. I think that's just an amazing concept because it gives power to the compounding effect of, of just life. You know, the longer you stick with it, it's not going to feel like it, but then all of a sudden you're going to hit your breakthrough and you're going to plateau again. Then you're going to hit your breakthrough and it's just going to be a constant cycle. And the cycle creates the experience. And then the experience creates all the emotional attachment or the emotional energy that comes from just living a very fulfilling life. Dude, you are a fucking ninja. And I, I love everything about you and and this conversation, man. Dude, if, if if anybody wanted to find out more, I know you're like a hermit and you live underneath a like uh, like you try to be under a rock. But if people did want to reach out to you, thank you for this interview. Learn more about what's going on in your world. How do they do that? Facebook's the easy way, and then um, just you can go, if you want to learn more about it, mikekensky.com is that kind of thing. Just low key. I mean, yeah, I, I don't hide, but I mean, I'm I'm more behind the scenes, and I'm I might be coming out on the front lines a little more in in the near future so i might make you do that i might make yeah. you um, like smashing over the door the back of the head yeah. the baseball bat. <laughs> I, I, I might be i might i might join that line and that tribe but no man this has been such a just such a beautiful interview and so glad i got to see this side of you and and just watch you in in true rare form because i feel like there's just all of this energy just flowing through you it's it's amazing so i have one last question for you yeah thank you by the way of course. Yeah, man. No, thank you for being here. So in the midst of everything you've been through from your childhood experiences to hitting rock bottom, to creating a whole new life, to being where you are today, how do you stay grounded? Hmm. 
I guess I would define what grounded means to me. Grounded to me means not disconnected from nature, really. So stay connected to nature, to the natural way this life works, my natural own frequency and default energy. And how do I do that? I don't know how not to, man. Honestly, I don't know how. Uh, like, if, if there's anything I need, it's probably a little bit more ego. I mean, that sounds weird, but, you know, I, I just don't know how not to stay grounded because the greatest gift that we have in this life is, is each other. And, you know, everything, you can have all the things in the world, all the, all the money, all the restaurants, all the planes and jets and cars and everything. But if you don't have anybody to share it with, it's all fucking worthless. It means nothing. So, so to me, relationships are the foundation to my life, which relationships to me translate to family, not just my immediate family, my wife, my daughter, my grandbaby, but, but my extended family, my chosen family. That's probably how that, that, that would be the answer. Yeah, it's, it's family. man. I focus on family and family is a very, very big thing for me not just centered in my little ecosystem with my wife and kids, but it's, it's, it's big. So I think I focus on family and I remember all the time that without them, without family being my, my family, my chosen family, people that I help coach and that kind of stuff. And people in this industry, every, you know what, everybody is literally everybody like watching this kind of stuff and listening to this kind of stuff. I consider them family because they're, they share the same interests. They want to illuminate the world a little bit better. They want to illuminate their lives more, add more. And that's family to me, man. So I do it by realizing that without them, I'm nothing. That would be probably my answer, yeah. I love that, man, so much. Well, I consider you family. You just, like I said, man, I can feel your heart from a million miles away. Just very grateful to know you. So, but for everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your friend, Mike. And from us, Stay Grounded. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.